Can you believe it? Look at this. Episode 3 of Jenkins and Walters chatting about choir. Just brilliant. And isn't it marvellous that we've had 100 listens so far to our first two podcasts? I know. We reached the 100 mark today. It's taken us two weeks to get there. But hopefully over the next few weeks that will build and build and build and we can increase that and that 100 turns into 1,000 and maybe more. Just brilliant. It's just great that people are listening to it. Anyway, how have you been this week? Have you been well? Yeah, I've been. I had a good week uh, on Friday. I went to see the new box, which is Plymouth's new £46 million cultural centre, and it is absolutely fantastic. And that opens to the public this coming week. I can't wait to go. It's going to be so exciting. What else have you been up to? Uh, This morning, went up onto Plymouth Hoe, and it was a lovely, bright, crisp day, and looking out over Plymouth Sand was just marvellous. It is. It's just the most beautiful city. When the sun is shining, we're so very, very fortunate. So, what about your weekend? What about my weekend? My weekend has been uh, has, has not been as exciting as yours, um, but nonetheless productive. I have started to redecorate my studio. So at home, I've got a home studio. I spend a great deal of time here, uh, much to the dismay of my uh, of my better half. Uh, I've started redecorating it. I had this idea. Um, where I, we talked about IKEA last week. And there was one room in Ikea that was just all black. And I absolutely loved it. And there were black and white pictures on the walls. Um, and it was fabulous. And I said, I want to do that in my studio. Started painting the walls. And there was a point where I went, oh no, what have I done? Uh, but now the paint started to settle. I mean, I haven't quite finished. Kind of half there. Um, now the paint started to settle. And some of the accessories are in. And some of the pictures are on the walls. I'm actually really pleased. So this is the fourth time um, that I have decorated my studio in the last six months. <laughs> maybe a little bit more, maybe 12 months. But um, you, you know when you get a flash, and it's, this is creative people all over. You get a flash of inspiration. You see something, you just go, I need that. You don't yeah. really need it, of course. You want it. But <laughs> in your head, you're going, I need that. I must have that. Um, uh, and that is me all over. I see these flashes of inspirations and I go, right, I'm going for that. That's what I want. I'm taking it. So that has pretty much taken up my weekend. We did actually go back to Ikea just to get a few more bits that I saw last week. In the most part this weekend, it's been painting. <laughs> I'm I'm not the biggest fan of painting, I must admit. Decorating is not my strong suit. But nonetheless, quite happy. Um, so yeah, so that's been my weekend. Right. We are in for an absolute treat today. So, many people will know a lot about you, but obviously I know a little bit more. And I also know that in a past life, you were uh, a very accomplished musical director and you have a real love for musical theatre. And I thought it might be quite a nice idea to share some of that experience, some of that passion, some of that knowledge with our listeners whilst at the same time educating me because I will hold my hands up. I like musical theatre. I haven't been to many shows and I feel I could do with soaking up some of your musical theatre knowledge. So I set you a challenge, didn't I, last week of putting together a podcast episode on David Walters and musical theatre. So what have you got in store for us today, David? 
Well, I was looking back at my previous life and between 1978 and 1996, I had either performed in, MD'd or directed and choreographed 20 major musical productions. I don't even think I've seen 20 musical films, let alone performed in. I performed in a couple, but that's just one. That's amazing. I had been captivated by musicals from you know, from a very early age, and I think the first film I was ever taken to was uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Uh, and of course, in the 1960s, they're great musicals when I was growing up. The Sound of Music, My Fair Lady, Hello Dolly, uh, and Cabaret and, and such. And most of my productions were really successful, but I must confess, I did have a few that uh, flopped, shall we say. First off, before we go to the flops, let's be honest, that's the bit everybody wants to listen to. They want to know which ones did you flop on. So I want you to tell us, David, your top favourite musicals. Well, this was very difficult because there are so, so many. But I suppose uh, my top two would have to be composed by the same people, Claude Michel Schomburg and Alan Boublil, and that is Les Miserables and Miss Saigon. Oh, Les Mis, Les Mis, I love it. I love the films. I've not been fortunate enough to go and see it live, but I've heard it's just the most wonderful experience. Yes, I saw a production of it last year, and it is absolutely tremendous. And it is now the longest running musical in the West End in London. Is that so? Which musical yeah. held that previously? Was it something like Cats or something like that? Or I think Band? it was something like Cats, yeah. yeah. And it's interesting that um, of all the musicals that I've picked, not one is a Lloyd Webber one. I was fortunate. When I was a child, I was in Whistle Down the Wind. We got to go to London and meet Andrew, uh, Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber, should I say, and he sat through and watched our rehearsal and it was it was daunting it was absolutely terrifying but at the same time i remember it with such fondness and i remember him being really kind and gentle a really really mm. nice man just the most wonderful experience um so that's probably my fondest memory of musical theater isn't that interesting because i met uh, lots of previous pupils of mine who said, oh, do you remember when I was in such and such a musical? How fantastic. I'll never forget it. It gives you such an experience uh, and an experience you don't forget. Uh, obviously, musicals have plots. So Le Mis is basically based on the French Revolution. Uh, oui, oui. And Miss Saigon is uh, based on one of P Puccini's operas, Madame Butterfly. And that talks about a tale of a doomed love affair involving an Asian woman abandoned by her American lover. And this story has been used quite a number of times because it also links in with Rogers and Hammerstein's production of South Pacific. There is nothing but a dame. Rogers and Hammerstein, they were great composers in the 1950s. The King and I, Carousel, Oklahoma. And of course, in 1959, which was a vintage year, because the year I was born, oh. uh, The Sound of Music. One of my favourite musicals, and this goes back a, 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 a few years, is a, a musical called Mac and Mabel. I don't know whether you've heard of that one, Ryan. Yes, I have heard of it. Tell me more. Tell me more. Well, it was made quite famous by Torval and Dean because they used it in their routine in the 1980 Winter Olympics. And I 
believe, if I remember correctly, they got a silver medal. It was before they did their very famous routine of Bolero. Oh, yeah, the uh, one where they got the gold. That's right, yeah. Yes. The Mac and Mabel, it, it deals with uh, the early Hol Hollywood director, Max Stanett, who, who's famous for Keystone Cops, and the famous uh, actress, Mabel Normand. Uh, but I saw this musical, I've seen it twice, and the first time I saw it was in a theatre called Serenade Arts, which is in the heart of the Barbican here in Plymouth. It's a, it's a very nice, very cosy theatre. Uh, is that still going? Yeah, well, it's now called the Barbican Theatre. It's been oh, refurbished. got yeah. yeah but, okay. But back in the 80s, it was Serenade Arts. Nice. And um, the other place I saw it was the Minac Theatre, which is an open-air theatre built on the cliffs in Cornwall near Borth Kernow. It's just a beautiful place, isn't it? We were um, we 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 went on a camping holiday this year, and we were down in that part of the world, and it's just the most beautiful and dramatic part of this country. It really is. Yeah, I think also it, it really doesn't matter what production you go and see at the Minac because it's just the experience. Moving into the 21st century now, one of my favourite musicals, and uh, to be honest, it's probably one of the most controversial musicals of the 21st century, is The Book of Mormon. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm aware of The Book of Mormon. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's basically a satirical examination of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, about its beliefs and practices, which, and it's it is absolutely hilarious, but it does deal with with some quite strong um, subject matter. Now, one thing I would say about this musical is, uh, if you're easily offended, please don't 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 go and see it. Yeah, it's a bit sweary, isn't it? it it's it yes. Uh, the use of language is quite strong at times. Mm -hmm. However, it does have a very powerful message, and it and it has a big impact as well. Yes, and um, we're talking about sweary musicals. I know you haven't seen this yet, but one of my favourites is Hamilton. Oh, the most incredible story. The most incredible blend of soul and R&B and hip-hop and a bit of grime and a bit of pop. It's just got everything. Um, just a brilliant story, but again, a little bit sweary. Going back to Serenade Arts, it leads on to probably... Uh, one musical that I performed in and probably one of my most famous performances and that was uh, the world premiere of a wild rock musical called Mafioso. We performed it in the summer for three weeks in 1984 and we even got reviewed in The Guardian. How about that? Let's talk about you as the performer and director then. Let's talk about David's most memorable performances, most memorable shows that you've directed. Let's hear some more about what you've done. Okay, well, the, well talking about Mafioso, I think there's three things that I, I, I was thinking about it uh, this morning. Uh, and one, it said in my contract that I didn't have to take my clothes off. <laughs> Thank goodness. And the second thing about that show, it was it was full of full-on production numbers with big dance routines. And, and, and I always remember the leading actress popping out of a birthday cake. And then she was spun round and she then popped out of a bust that she was wearing. Oh, God. <laughs> These are the sort of funny moments that happen on stage. Quite a lot of the dialogue was actually improvised. And, and one of the 
pieces I improvised. And it, it was ever so funny the night when my mother was actually in the audience, because one of the lines I came up with was, the last time I saw my mother, she was a on 42nd Street. Oh, good gosh. <laughs> oh, good Lord. But it was a fun musical, and it, it was fantastic. Did your mother enjoy it? She did. Did she? She did. She laughed in the end. <laughs> oh, very good. It's funny, isn't it? You know, working in, in, in theatre, in musical theatre, in the arts, um, on stage, there are some funny moments. I had the, <laughs> I've had some funny moments as well. Uh, I remember once tripping over in front of Frank Bruno, whilst, uh, whilst, yeah, whilst unloading the car for a big performance up in Liverpool. Um, that was hilarious. Um, I, I've fallen off the stage. Well, I've lost count the amount of times I've fallen off the stage. I'm not much of a dancer, um, and I know that won't be a shock to you, David. I haven't got the best rhythm. But I have been in some shows where I've had to move a little bit. Uh, the problem is I can't sing and dance at the same time particularly well. So then I tend to focus on the singing because that's my forte and then forget that my feet are moving. And the amount of times that I've sidestepped and shuffled off the stage is just unreal. Fortunately, I've never been badly hurt and um, I've managed to climb back on and oh my gosh, so embarrassing. Oh, tell us a little bit more about David's most memorable moments. Well, that leads me on to one of my flops, actually. <laughs> oh, uh, now this is the bit everybody's waiting for. We're waiting for the flop. Well, the big flop was in 1988, and it was a musical called Brigadoon. Oh, and it was doomed, I tell you. Brigadoon! Brigadoon. Uh, but I basically took the money and ran on that one. Hold on, I've I've no idea... I've no idea. I, I know you want to like shoot on from Brigadoom and forget it and, and leave it in the distant past. But I want to know a little bit. Is it Brigadoon or Brigadoom? No, Brigadoon. Brigadoon. It's, it's, yeah, it's, tell it's, us a little bit about Brigadoon. I am certain that many listeners out there wouldn't have actually heard of Brigadoon. No, well, it's about uh, characters in a village that, that uh, comes out of the out of a lock or something and, and visitors go in and it's all about how the characters interact but um you're not really selling it <laughs> i know well i don't i didn't as i said i took the money and ran but the one <laughs> the one thing and this is sad and it's not that funny but it's the one thing i remember from rehearsals of brigadoon is we were doing one of the production dance numbers and song and dance numbers and unfortunately uh one of our elderly members of the chorus actually dropped dead in front of me Oh, good Lord. Yeah, it was, God, it was incredibly uh, upsetting and distressing. Uh, we, we had to cancel the rest of that rehearsal, obviously. I'm glad you cancelled and then didn't just do the old, show must go on, darlings, let's carry on. <laughs> but what I will say is uh, the guy who, who died was called Des. At least he went with a smile on his face. Yes. Oh, wow. Well, no wonder it's not one of your favourites, but certainly memorable. A lot of the pleasure I got in dealing with musicals was also working with children. When I used to do productions with children, they were full on productions and the children had to make a real commitment. And we used to run a show for a whole week and have matinee performances as well. So they knew what it was like to commit. So if people don't know, you uh, were a secondary school drama and music teacher. And obviously part of that job, uh, particularly in secondary school, is putting on productions. 
that's part of drama, that's part of theatre and that's part of drama education. Yeah, absolutely. And I used to bring children from different schools because I used to teach at an all-boys school. So we used to bring uh, the girls in from other schools. And that, that was also good in itself, doing that mix. But the one thing I used to sort of say is making musicals is making magic. And I used to say to the children that when you go out on stage, you will be creating magic in that you will have to convince your audience that what they are seeing before their eyes is happening for the very first time. I remember I did a performance of My Fair Lady. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, the lead character there is Henry Higgins. And the, the, the lad who played that was, was fantastic. And uh, after the show, some, someone who came to see it said to me, I knew you'd produced the show because Henry Higgins had all your mannerisms. <laughs> and what wonderful mannerisms they are, David. Exactly. And, you know, the other interesting thing about that production was the girl who played Eliza Doolittle mm -hmm. now sings in our choir. Um, yeah, do you know what? I, uh, school musicals, I've, I've obviously, uh, being a bit theatrical myself, I've been in a few school musicals and they are just the most wonderful experience because I tell you what it taught me. Firstly, it taught me to really learn to focus in to learn my lines it no doubt improved my memory i definitely think it had an impact on my um general curriculum education because of the way it works the brain but even more so what i found about musical theater and and doing musicals and stage productions is that as a performer you have to when you get onto the stage you have to put on a different persona sometimes you're you're a character you've got to become the show person I think when you're a teenager that's brilliant because what I can imagine is it's a pretty rough time for a lot of teenagers. You're kind of growing into yourself, you don't really know who you are. So for that week plus the matinee, you're given the opportunity to be someone else. In my shows at school, I, I used to have an inclusive policy like, like we have with the choir now. Uh, and so lots of kids of different abilities would come and be in these musicals and we'd bring all these kids together and we would give them success and, and as we talked about in the last two podcasts about raising self-awareness raising confidence all these sort of things it is so important in, in in a child's development and it's developing their imagination as well do you know what i think it goes beyond putting on a great show i really do there's obviously there's that pressure, particularly with older children who are more able to put on a show um, because, you know, things like vocally, they're more able to do things. Um, physically, they're more able to perform in certain ways. Um, but I think it goes way beyond that. I think just the ability to perform, show off something that you've worked so hard on, it does something to your character. It helps build your character, even if you're not going to go into musical theatre or performance or any cabaret, whatever it might be. It does something to you. It really does. But I hope that uh, the children that were in my musicals, as they have grown up, and I know a lot of them have, will take up singing in a choir or take up different types uh, of, uh, of creative uh, activities. But I would say that there, there's probably three shows where... I had fantastic lead characters. I've mentioned one, My Fair Lady, and the others were the guy who played Tevye in Fiddler on the Roof, but that was a magical 
performance. I love Fiddler on the Roof. It was a great musical for the kids to be part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one, which I did, which was tremendous, and it took me a, a, a lot of writing to the producer, David Land, to get permission to do this, was Jesus Christ Superstar. <gasps> one of my favourites. I would have given anything to be in Jesus Christ Superstar. When I was in school, in secondary school, this was um, one of the first things I did was set up a, like a school band. We weren't particularly good. For some reason, I don't really know, I think it was probably just because when we went into the school music room, there was some sheet music there, and, and it was Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, it was just, so we just started learning that. And I think one of our first performances as a, as a band was um, was some numbers from Jesus Christ Superstar. And I know recently there's this thing on YouTube called The Show Must Go On, where they showed a lot of Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals, and it was live-streamed. And Jesus Christ Superstar was, was live-streamed on... Uh, not live-streamed, but it was streamed on YouTube. And I just absolutely loved it just brought back so many great memories it's great musical uh, earlier on in the podcast i said i wouldn't mention andrew lloyd Webber, but i'd forgotten about jesus christ superstar i personally think he's a genius i think he's fabulous i yeah. think he's a fabulous writer i think he writes particularly catchy songs that stick in your head i'm a big fan the final musical i'm going to talk about is they say you shouldn't work with children or animals well i've done both uh, and that is in Oliver. The kids loved being in oh. Oliver and the dog. They loved the dog being there too. I remember last Christmas, uh, Reuben, my son, was two years old. And he, we were at his grandparents' house and um, and we sat down and Oliver was on TV. And we just he just sat and watched. I mean, this is a two-year-old. I mean, usually we can't keep him still for more than 30 seconds. You know, he just sat there through the whole thing. He absolutely adored it. And he's just sat there on the floor, just eyes gazed on the TV as Oliver's playing. And I just thought, that's the power of music. If it can grab the attention of a toddler who was very much going through the terrible twos at the time and keep them sat there for that amount of time, that's what music can do. It engages you. That's fantastic. Uh, And I think Oliver, I mean, the, the musical numbers and it, it's just ideal for children to be in yeah and brilliant. The, yeah that's it so there we are there's lots of other musicals i could have mentioned there are i can throw a few out chitty chitty bang bang is one of my absolute faves um cat i love i love the stage production not so crazy on the film um what else is there uh i've mentioned whistle down the wind uh, we Will Rock You, I think, is fantastic. I know there's one that you've seen, and I love this band, and that's the Madness musical, Our House. Yeah, superb, superb. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins is just brilliant. My children absolutely adore it. There's so many, and I'm, I, we, you can almost guarantee we've missed some. But I think as I've got older and and allowed myself to be more open as a musician... Um, and explore things like musicals and operas. It's opened my eyes to to this most wonderful world of music. It's just brilliant. Um, And a lot of that's come from you, so I have you to thank for that. We do quite a lot of different types of musical medleys with the choir, and they just love do. They love singing it. I mean, we should literally we should call ourselves a musical chorus because they they love musicals. We we're forever chucking them in, aren't we? And also, um, I mean, it's quite a big thing at the moment with. uh, musical films you know coming out i think of um the greatest showman 
Mamma Mia, um, the Bohemian Rhapsody biopic. I could, I guess, you could say that was a musical. The Rocket Man one. It's really on vogue at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. David, brilliant. I feel educated. I have learned some things about musicals that I didn't know. I have <laughs> listened to some fabulous stories of of you and your life as as a musical director and and an, and a musical enthusiast. It's been a real uplifting insight for me so thank you very much i hope that the listeners are going to take as much from this chat as i have and um i really look forward to episode four